Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. I'm very happy about this one. This is I'm a, very happy it came to this. This is a good one. This yeah. is a delight. This is a treat. <laughs> I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. This is a movie podcast. I can't I kind of can't believe it's been this long. We like I don't know if we've even mentioned John Waters yeah, on, on our right? whole podcast. And that's crazy. Several years in now. Uh ne- never came up. He is so responsible when I look back on my life watching movies into getting me into such different weird films. Like I would have never heard. I don't know where I would have heard a Doris Wishman or any, <laughs> yeah. you know, Chesty Morgan, if I wasn't reading his books when I was like in high school and you know, randomly finding about pink flamingos in the one of our my video stores. Right? right, exactly. He was just a whole entry point into cinema that I didn't realize it was existed. Kind of, yeah, it's like kind of like discovering the uh, the flip side of that vinegar syndrome or. Uh... You know, famous monsters of film, and like when you get into something like that, and it opens up this whole door. Yeah, of genre. All of these movies that I didn't know existed because I yeah. they weren't playing the drive-ins when I was a kid. You know, it was this specific level of cheap drive-in smut mm-hmm. from the early '60s that, like, most of America probably didn't realize existed. Like, I'm sure my parents don't know Blood Feast. Totally. Right? But John Waters we knew Blood yeah. Feast, right? We Somehow do, right? we knew about Blood Feast because of guys like him championing exactly. it. Yep. It's like if Tarantino's out there championing all the, you know, kung fu movies that he saw and all these other things, John Waters is just championing smut. <laughs> like the beat. The... Very directly in this movie, too. Uh, there's Blood Feast all over this thing. Oh, very literally. Yeah. Right? I mean, but John Waters is just so... What a... What an icon. What a cool, cool dude. guy. Right, yeah. Like, not just an independent filmmaker, but an independent filmmaker true to his home. Mm-hmm. Every movie, Baltimore. That's no different than Cronenberg, just like, I only film Canada. <laughs> yeah. Canada loyalist. Baltimore, baby. You know, but he makes it, a, he makes it a, a very universal, like, you don't have to know Baltimore to appreciate this stuff. But no. it does have that vibe, that attitude. And... Seeing his movies, he was just one of those guys that once I found out that Pink Flamingos existed, I think this is all just luck of being my specific age. Because mm-hmm. my parents, my mom liked Crybaby and Hairspray, you know, and those came out when I was like single yeah. digit ages. He right? broke through there. Yeah. he's He definitely broke into the mainstream with Hairspray. That was a successful movie. Yeah. Broadway revival. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? now it's just made him... It's a all the deserved money, right? Thing. Yeah, it, but yeah, known famous thing, and it was big at the time too. Not huge. None of his movies were ever mm-hmm. huge. Uh, they were notorious in some ways, but yeah, Hairspray is probably far and away his most popular. Definitely one of those guys. I'm sure hit. everyone's heard of his movies. Like I had always heard of Pink Flamingos. Yeah, and then it wasn't until we watched it as a group, you know, <laughs> yeah, six, seven years ago that I actually. Actually witnessed it. Actually saw it. It's like I've never seen uh, Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> I've known Cannibal Holocaust. It's for, up there, though, right? For you know, 
30 years. It's, on the it's, like, list. it's a shocking name the first time you hear it as a teed, right? But, you know, I haven't carved out that 90 minutes of my day yet for exactly. Cannibal Holocaust. But John Waters was somehow a filmmaker I just knew when I was a child without having any idea what he might have done before that. I remember watching Crybaby, and I didn't. That was mm-hmm. probably the first John Waters thing I saw when I was nine. And it's like PG-13. Yeah. Like, they can play on he's TV. He's a big PG-13, right? Yeah. And, but there's this scummy side of it that he's presenting. It's the first time I saw really gross tongue kissing. <laughs> right. And just the way their like, tongues are out, you know, and it's got the cool look from an era that I don't recognize. It's not one of my own mm-hmm. beehive hairdos. This world is foreign to me. The, the, yeah, these faces are so familiar. Yeah, the, the rockabilly kind of stereotypes that he... Uh exaggerates you know and that's what he does here with the with the suburban house oh it's great the housewife and the mom and uh it's all it's it's almost a cartoon like it's just so close to being oh an actual like ren and stimpy cartoon i mean all of his movies are so cartoons yeah that's when you know by the time i got to college i met some of some other people that have heard of john waters you know at that point he'd been on the simpsons Mm -hmm. as a cartoon yeah (laughs) right perfect cartoon character (laughs) And uh, this guy, this guy was a known character, without while being also completely outside of of actual cinema, mm-hmm. still. And yeah, finding in college, that's when I got to see Desperate Living, and that's when I got to see Pink Flamingos. That's when I saw all these really early ones that are real cheap, with like bad takes left in. Yeah, <laughs> very independent. Yeah, Pink Flamingos. I was I was shocked at the things on screen but also just yeah the amateurness of it <laughs> yeah was like this is john waters right <laughs> yeah yeah i mean movie. Like, like we've seen <laughs> amateur movies well, but it we've, works we've seen a lot of cheap movies right but yeah. his movies are like really among the cheapest they're so cheap and then but it's like so memorable uh and the one i always remember that one joke where divine just like at, there's a pause in the action and she just goes like Ask me more questions. <laughs> and I can't, I laugh at that every time. And yeah, the dog eating, you know, the dog poop eating is gross and stuff, but there's so much more to it than that. It is, it has never been there's more. There's a charm to it. Oh, it's and charms. I'm so charmed by Serial Mom. I mean, it's and Charm I, City, baby. I'm, I'm in love with this movie. I hadn't seen it or I hadn't seen it in 25 years. I can't remember, but uh, yeah. Oh, I just, yeah, it just really was this like. This is delightful. This I mean, is, Pink flamingos in those movies are never, never been a better version of a guy hanging out with his friends, mm-hmm. making movies. It was the ultimate version of that. This is a a movie nerd that wanted all him and his friends all wanted to be movie stars. They were all complete derelicts and outcasts, but they like <laughs> wanted to be like stars, right? Yeah. <laughs> John, John Waters back then, when he was like all these old pictures and when he was making these movies with his friends like he looked exactly like john waters now except with longer greasier hair mm-hmm. it was not the short tight little crop dude it was the same mustache same everything but just long. guy looked like a creep <laughs> you know they were freaks but they like the whole gang yeah exactly. the whole gang and then yeah this charm charm city baby absolutely but Undeniable. there's the love that's in pink flamingos and how much fun they're having wearing mm-hmm. their fur coats and filming out in like the middle of the woods it's like super 16 mm-hmm. film right? his really early is. movies i think were like mondo trasho super eight so there's not it's like a silent movie basically yeah it kind of feels like a found like 
yeah, film. Yeah. I've seen bad movies that, that have like more production value than Pink Flamingos. And so it's kind of crazy that this many years later, it just seems so normal since we've grown up with John Waters. But really, it's an absurd long shot that that man would ever have the budget and means to make a movie like Serial Mom. Totally. After making Pink Flamingos, like there's no film of Spielberg. Just making his friends eat shit. The first. <laughs> <laughs> and then he directs like Schindler's List. <laughs> you know? Warhorse. Yeah. It's like about your friends and their shit eating. There was a scene in Duel where he showed his whole asshole, but they cut it. <laughs> yeah. They had to cut it. Uncut. Too long, right? Oh. But they had a banjo asshole scene. Yeah, yeah the idea that John Waters went from making a movie that like. You and all your friends are going to be in a living room watching a guy's asshole, like, for a minute during a whole song number, right? It just springs it on you, right? Yeah. It's crazy how famous Divine Eating Shit is from this movie. And the guy's singing assholes, like, <laughs> left behind. That, it's, it's like it went too far. People are like, we are not going to celebrate gonna, We're just going to jump over this. <laughs> we're gonna, this is more lurid. I, I mean... If I'm choosing what to like sit through my with my parents, mm-hmm. I think I can survive the uh, the dog. Yeah, I would want to be sit next to my mom with the other. You can't well, it's almost yeah, yeah. I know. And John Waters is just pushing then, this on drive-in crowds in America. Right? So yeah, I, I was gonna say the first thing that shocks me watching Serial Mom is the Universal logo coming up. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a major motion picture. This is a major studio putting out. I and think this like is a John Waters movie. This might be his only. Studio movie. Probably. Hey, Crybaby might have been studio. Mm-hmm. You don't get Johnny Depp in 1990. Right. He wasn't future Johnny Depp what? yet, but yeah. he was still. it was still clearly a get to oh, get De- Johnny sure. Depp as his lead, right? For sure. Because um, he's like, you know, all his other movies are all stunt casting. It's either his friend or it's like, now we can get Patty Hearst. Mm-hmm. Tracy Lords needs straight work now because she's, she's like escaped her porn you know beginning so i can get tracy lords like it wouldn't be shot like it's too far for him to get joey buttafuoco or something he's not that kind of sensationalist he wants like he's more like bad girls but he's also got (laughs) he's also got his original cast in yeah it's still all his friends Uh, and all his friends are still all through the credits but so i I think hairspray was still independent Mm -hmm. all his movies are independent except this one was not this is him working with real money Serial Mom was like a $13, $15 million movie. That's probably, yeah, as big as it got for him. He never had budgets to work actual, like, longer weeks. Uh, You know, the more money you get, the more time you get to shoot, the more Mm -hmm. you get it right. He's always worked with such small budgets. This was him working with money, which is incredible. 20 years after Pink Flamingos. Like, what? They gave him a shot. Like, (laughs) you know? (laughs) This kid's got moxie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, polyester was probably a, a big achievement, right, in the early 80s. But I don't I don't think, had I even loved, uh, you know, such a big fan of Desperate Living and these female trouble, I don't know if I would have guessed he had Serial Mom in him. Mm-hmm. And I think Serial Mom might be his best movie. Is it the only horror movie? I should have... Uh, this is the closest is, he came to doing horror. It's kinda, crazy. Yeah. That he has not done just an outright like horror William Castle kind of thing. This is it. This is him this just is kind it. of referencing his William Castle and H.G. Lewis, but like exactly. not actually doing it. Uh, I wish Still he would have gone like way, a, though. Yeah, I wish he would have done something like The Tingler. 
totally. <laughs> so he didn't do that. So this is definitely the closest we came is the, the true crime satire. But uh, I remember finding this one in the video store because I don't think it was very successful when it came out. Right. Yeah, I don't think it did too well. Um, but I remember it being a big deal that Kathleen Turner was going to be in a a John Waters movie. Mm-hmm. That was definitely the biggest star he'd worked with at that point. Also because she didn't do a movie like this. Yeah. And she was also one of these people that I, for some reason, knew really well as a kid just because classic dad movie, Romancing the Stone. I was going to say, yeah, that's how I knew her was... Must have seen Romancing the Stone two, ten times. You know, one of those movies we had Jewel taped on. and yeah. Romancing the Stone, and yeah, I found that I found the It uh, VHS tape at my dad's house. I need to find the Romancing the Stone Jewel of the Nile mm-hmm. pencil drawn on the label version. And I think I remember <laughs> War of the Roses too, right? Was yeah, that her? yeah. We did that. We did uh, Jessica Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. She's Jessica Rabbit. That's right. She's far and away the most distinctive woman voice. She's great. When I was a kid, right? And but she was a big star. She's you know, I we'll we'll do Body Heat. Body Heat feels like <laughs> one that we'll cover. Totally. Crimes of Passion. We'll do those. Vi Warshowski. I'm into it. I like her a lot. Isn't uh, she so good? Yeah, she's great, and she is so in it in this one she is so going for it and on board like you can just tell she's having the time of her life she's not afraid to do anything the gleefulness with which she is, portrays this serial killing mom uh just really made me smile the whole movie seriously oh, it goes so beyond what a great like comedy performance can be right just a perfect combination of skills and attitude and casting if I had heard this idea and was like, who would you want to play the housewife? I don't think I would have guessed Kathleen Turner. Mm-hmm. I, I think like Jennifer Tilly would be really fun in this role, but I wouldn't have guessed Kathleen Turner. But seeing Kathleen Turner as serial mom, it is impossible for me to think of any other actress doing this, right? Totally. She, she has, owns it. She owns this so fully yeah. and has so much fun with it. And it's just this perfect combination. I wouldn't have guessed that Kathleen Turner and John Waters would have made a good duo. I wouldn't have pictured her even doing that material. I never would have pictured uh, Sam Waterston. In oh, this movie. man! Right? right? Like, there's a lot of uh, unexpected. Uh, Sa- what a what a perfect like kind of dull straight actor to get as like <laughs> what a perfect type. Also, as a dentist. Uh huh. And I'm really excited to see movie like dentist representation. Nobody yeah, ever nobody say. ever goes to the dentist of the movies. We don't take time in our movies to go to dental appointments. So actually getting it's some it's, it's under yeah, it's undervalued. It is Marathon Man and like nothing else. That's right. That is the only dentist representation. It's that Little or... Shop of Horrors, Marathon Man, and uh, yeah, never good. Where's no, the good dentist? Corbin Burnson's the dentist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not a good guy. It's never just a sane dentist, right? <laughs> Sam Waterston gets to be the only like normal de- and he's just adjacent to the yeah. insanity I don't know. he does get a scene where he seems to be hurting that guy on purpose for making him come into the office let me tell you <laughs> i've sat through a lot of horror movies and a lot of gross stuff with people i don't know if i've ever heard the gross out audience reaction like a close-up of that man's mouth getting oh. dental work done to it that got the room shifted <laughs> that got like such a this movie physical has a lot of reaction like, gross out moments that have nothing to do with the killing Mm -mm. 
The, I, there was a few times where I was just like, ugh, God. <laughs> and the, it's all just like a dog licking feet. Oh, my and, God. And the, them eating the chicken. Was it's just like, how does he do it? I, I just it's like he's proving to you. He's like, I don't need to actually show a guy eating dog poop to gross you. Right. Out. I can do it with just someone eating a chick. He loves this stuff, right? Yeah. He's done it in PG thirteen formats. He's done it in NC seventeen formats. He knows how to work so well within just his universe. Yeah, this is such a success on every level. It works as a satire of true crime kind of stuff, which also was really uh, not as big before this movie this movie was really there before the true crime stuff really took off i know it was uh, interesting the way he framed it as that like there's the whole like like in fargo there's a whole thing of uh the preamble about uh, yeah yeah. the, the prologue of the this is based on a true story and this and that and then they keep i thought that was so funny i at some point it just made me start laughing that they kept showing the time stamp every scene (laughs) it's like this is not necessary (laughs) this movie he (laughs) dedicates so much time to dates and times i it was like every every scene was like the start of an always sunny episode i lost track of where we were in the calendar we were just being inundated with numbers it like starts with the day and it's like 7 30 a.m and they're eating breakfast then it's like 8 15 10 30 and by the time it's like 10.45 at night, you're like, I don't care. This spans None so this many days anything. that like I, I lost track so much, but they don't stop. Like, it the it never stops. So he, yeah, it's like he's really doing the fun docudrama thing. And I, I also noticed this, was, this dates it so much in a fun way because it really does show this specific time right before that true crime stuff exploded with the OJ stuff. Right. This was before OJ hit oh yeah i guess so huh this was all made before oj hit and so much of it mirrors oj exactly which is crazy that is crazy now because yeah. because the matthew lillard it's also hit matthew lillard's first movie very cool to see Ad- him in it adorable He's ricky great. lake yeah as his sister i loved ricky lake in this but when you know serial mom is starting to get known you know because she's guilty 20 minutes into this movie she, she is not good at hiding <laughs> the fact that she is serial mom it's really such you get these great hints at you know herschel gordon lewis and all these things just like the killer and blood feast is not a cold the 90s brand of like super intelligent mm-hmm. killers which i've been dumping on lately for some reason. i'm really railing against smart killers lately i just love a good guy that's just they're like not. they're yeah. dumb age <laughs> H.G. Lewis knew it's like, no, man, this guy just likes to kill. Mm-hmm. He hasn't got a good plan. He just he just wants to murder. Like the guy in When a Stranger Calls. Oh, no, yeah. Just no got, plan. He just got into killing. He just got lucky with a Indiscriminately. couple numbers. Yeah. And so, yeah, the idea that she is having fun with it, but also that she's like a pretty indiscriminate killer who doesn't map out the cover-ups in any way. Someone witnesses the first time when she runs the guy over. She's everyone basically broad every daylight murder. Yeah. Every one of them, and uh, yeah, she's getting blood on her shoes, and uh, the cops are sniffing around from the beginning because she's already been. This this made me laugh so hard. This is one of the greatest. So you want to know how to you want to know how to start. Like a comedy and set the tone. <laughs> These two cops show up to their breakfast table at the beginning. They tell them their neighbor has been getting harassing phone calls and letters. And they say, we have one of the letters. Would you like to see it? <laughs> and she opens up the letter. 
And I laughed so hard when the words pussy face were on the letter. Like, that's the obscene letter. Like in cutout magazine ransom note letters. I'm going to get you pussy face. And uh, I was like, oh, it just set the tone for the whole movie. The paid off gag later on when the cops find a copy of Premier Magazine (laughs) with the capital P cut out from pussy face. And the whole the whole move the whole idea of the the people being like well I can't say the word out loud it's pussy you know it's yeah. just that so such a perfect uh, oh bit the whole way I've heard so Baltimore actually pussy willows are actually like a Maryland plant right and John Waters has just been like spend twenty years of just people handing me pussy willows but no <laughs> but every but everybody has to say them pussy willows <laughs> when they give them <laughs> it's so. It's so funny, but so good. this, the way she handles this letter with her, and she, not only is the way every scene Kathleen Turner plays is perfect, her look is just, everything about it is perfect. Yeah. They just had this. The it, faux shock kind of look yeah, that her, everyone has. Her, like, 50s mom, like, June Cleaver look in suburban 90s Baltimore, right? Mm-hmm. And the shock of like, I could never say even say the P word. No real woman would. <laughs> <laughs> it's always I every John Waters movie is always just the the freaks railing against the prudes. Yeah, right. Right. That's his main issue. Every one of them. Pink Flamingos is the grossest people of live, right? Outcasts from society. Crybaby's like the weird sicko bikers, mm-hmm. right? It's all the different kinds of freaks, right? And, and like, this one, it's like the normal people are the freaks. Yes. Everyone is a freak in this movie. The daughter is horny. The son likes horror movies. Dad's The dad's uh, a dentist. Sadist Which dentist. are proven sadists. <laughs> proven troubled mom's men. mom's a serial killer. That's yeah. the American family, right? Right. So it's this great American suburban horror satire. It's great true crime satire. And just a great comedy. Just really funny. And then she gets on the phone and starts harassing the, the neighbor. When we find out about the harassing calls and the... I don't know just if I've ever loved an actress more giddiness. than seeing the giddiness oh on Kathleen God. Turner's face as the phone's ringing and she's like kicking her feet Can't wait. at the excitement about the <laughs> the horror she's about to And then it split screens floor. to the neighbor like nervously like reaching for the phone like when a stranger calls. Yeah. And it's, you know, oh, it's just so funny Dude, that the way they reveal that she's doing the, the, split, the calls. The split screen is so good. I love, good I love John movie. Waters. Glee, I love how gleefully he uses the split screen because it's always in these like pillow talk yeah. kind of moments. You know, I love it. And but Kathleen Turner's face during the whole phone call when she just vilely harasses <laughs> then she, this then woman. Then she gets into some real language. Yeah. They go beyond the P word. <laughs> oh, man. And how she keeps tricking her into saying words. And oh, my God. She has characters that she does she's worked out whole routines with poor Dottie hinkle she's oh yeah poor Dottie hinkle well she did cut her off in the parking lot one time i love that reveal of like why she's doing it because Dottie took her parking all spot of one the, time the pettiest reasons <laughs> to like all anytime no, she gets mildly insulted or somebody disagrees with her it's like yeah. you're on the list that's all it takes just one wrong side eye she she kills the one guy for ditching her daughter she you know i just yeah so funny. It's such a great take on the, you know, acting out suburban housewife. All the, you know, gossip rag kind of yeah. TV movies about this. It's always much more about like, you know, mommy's secret pill addiction. 
you know, it's that kind of problem, right? Uh, it's never, <laughs> it's never murdering the neighborhood. But that is wish fulfillment. Like that is what we all want to do. Like, yeah, truly, sure. you know, that there is, it is tapping into that. Like, yeah, I wish I could just get rid of the neighbor who dumps her trash in the in the recycling. The the two houses to <laughs> either di- the garbage men who are like, I hate her guts. dude. <laughs> I love so how she funny. has dirtbag friends. She's buddies with the garbage She's bin. Buddies with the she they has like, a drink together. Well, I love so before good. you before everybody knows because she's so obvious about it. I like that you get the real sense that like her and the garbage men, like they're in on it too. Oh are yeah, are the garbage men disposed dumping the bodies for? They at least are down with it. They're supporting her. They clearly know she's she's doing that. She's the real you know she's the real one. She yeah. She's the one that treats them like human beings, though, at, at the same time. Yeah. And, and I, she has this great elaborate recycling setup. And, oh, yeah. when she is do, has her three bins on her table as she's dancing to, like, Barry Manilow, <laughs> toss it, <laughs> underhook in her hand. Just so good. Oh, man, it's great. And I am really hope that that's because, like, John Waters is, like, a big recycler. And he has some neighbor that's like, you would not believe. I hope. I hope these kind of petty things are all very Or he's personal. the guy that's just dumps the stuff in the trash. And he's like, these people get mad at me for this. Fuck them. They're serial killers. <laughs> he's, he's railing <laughs> against the prudes. I, uh, but yes. He's like, I'm not putting my stuff in separate bins. Fuck that. <laughs> Establishing her as this monster who seems to love phone harassment more than anything else. God, it was fun watching that. <laughs> We jump to her actually committing real murder, like right after that. Mm-hmm. That once the teacher is just dead in broad daylight, back and up and over, she hits this guy with his with her car like six times after like a slightly bad parent teacher conference. Yeah, he basically the teacher uh, rails against the fact that the son watches horror movies and yeah. draws horror pictures in class and stuff, and so he recommends therapy, and it's all very ah ha ha ha. Yeah, and then she it's always the kid. It's always the horror movie. movie kids, right? That are yeah, the, you got to worry the about metal those guys. kids, right? I guess so. Back in uh, what was this ninety four? Ni- yeah, it's like that was still very much the like. Oh sure, the violent the still, satanic was, panic was still around. I big think big time. And especially a kid watching Blood Feast, though. That that does raise a couple red flags for yeah, me. Yeah, it'd be surprising if, if it would be one thing. A high I school bet... age kid who's like constantly watching H.G. Lewis is like, hmm. That had to be weird to like my parents when I was like watching movies from when they were younger that they hadn't heard of. Like, what's this guy getting into? <laughs> even if I was just, even if I had just been watching foreign cinema, it's still just like, wonder where this is coming from. Totally. Wonder who's influencing this now. But if it's like, oh yeah, I'm watching obscure drive-in horror and and other like nudist camp movies. <laughs> that whole <laughs> I'm reading Betty Page ma- like pinup magazines. You know, it's like who's influencing my my teenagers right now? I think for yeah, in my house it was always like more like Twilight Zone stuff. So I think my parents more just had that like, huh, that's still around. All right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, maybe it was because we're still from that, like the very end of that era where they were still showing a lot of just '60s TV on regular TV. The the glut of reality programming yeah. and that stuff still hadn't filled up all there, so it was just they were just showing old TV. Even on like I remember Nickelodeon, it was like they were showing the old Rocky and Bullwinkle and stuff all the time. It's like oh, the cartoons for sure. Those yeah. Looney Tunes shorts, some of them date oh, back those to the '40s. Were on. Th- they were like on whole permanently. Channel. Yeah. 
So yeah, I was seeing all sorts of these, you know, 60s TV shows. So Twilight Zone's like, yeah, I guess we were still bound to be within that world. But yeah, you have to seek out Herschel Gordon Lewis movies. Yeah. I wasn't accidentally coming across 2,000 maniacs. Exactly. I wasn't so that's come, what I'm saying. Something's up with I wasn't coming kid. across Chesty Morgan movies. <laughs> yeah, and his friend having the Chesty Morgan movie, even more suspect. Like, that is... Where are these kids getting this? This kid, somebody gave him a something... That one you could have found in the, in the forest, though. I always, you know, you always that, was the, that story. That was the only place to find <laughs> so, pornography. In you know the, he found that I don't, out there. The, the youth will never understand how special it was that in, like, the 80s and early 90s, we had a team of grown men who were like who were kind of like Johnny Appleseeds but just planting porn in cardboard boxes Somehow. out in woods. Yeah, I don't know how so many of us have that exact same story. <laughs> My friend who saw a guy put a put like look around and put a cardboard box in the back of somebody's pickup truck at the grocery store. <laughs> wow. And he went over and looked and it was a cardboard box <laughs> filled with porn. Wow. Dumping it in a stranger's. Just, I gotta get rid of pickup. this. Yeah, I'm ditching this. He can't put it in. It's like I a guy who's like, away, I can't though. throw it away in my right. trash. Well, and then he's, it's like there's a dumpster at the grocery store. No. Like you don't have to put it just, in someone else's. Trash. So that's like this movie, this broad suburban it horror. Along. It's a guy that's just like, I'm just ditching all my pornography. What? Imagine the potential chaos he could have caused that man. Who knows? That's true. What? It, or, or you give that, or that guy gets home and he's like, what have we here? Well, maybe there. Now I'm imagining there's like a special little bumper sticker or marker that's like if you're part of the pornography underground railroad, they they pass it on. Right. <laughs> you know, my other friend just the found it. Your horny bumper sticker had a had a second uh, a second meaning there. Yeah. Put the porn in the truck. Right. Yeah, that's that's how it got done in these days. But I never found any. Herschel Gordon Lewis tapes. Yeah. Lying yeah. around, right? Somebody has to give you a something weird video catalog or something, right? I guess those magazines existed. At Sawyer's News, I would read. They must have. Yeah. I would read like psychotronic video and those kind of things. So I would. Well, the Sun also manages a cool video store, too. Mm. That's a cool. Man, how. That video store, which is a real. Well, at least at the time. Was, that was like. That was, was like John Waters' local cool video store nice. that's yeah. appeared another and uh how different is this watching this you know the age we are now the, versus when it came out like now i was just uh, recognizing every vhs tape on the shelf the whole him. scene the whole scene in the video store where the old woman comes in returns last night's tape picks up the new tape and immediately goes home and watches it made me so nostalgic like painfully nostalgic to remember when being a kid, yeah, you would go return the last one, get the new one, go home immediately, watch it. It was like, like that's what you were doing, yeah, and you like had to go to a store to get it. What's great is you know the since this was made in '94, like there was no nostalgia factor for it. This was presenting like but that was, <laughs> what yeah, it was no, like. Yeah, exactly. This was this is not like a a modern day like shitty blockbuster renaissance of yeah. you know like remember blockbuster not a like, stranger no. things kind of yeah exactly and so this is like a guy in 94 just showing how he likes to people to watch movies oh i love that god i loved going into town the three video stores within walking distance of my dad's office oh yeah it's like which which direction am i gonna walk each one had something they did better mm-hmm. one had more cult movies one had more wrestling movies one had more like horror and other weird kind of like 
they all had to have their niche. They couldn't just exist in Healdsburg all at the same time. And they all had that secret room in the back you couldn't get into. Oh, especially the mom and pop <laughs> ones had the the beaded curtain uh-huh. room, or just the yeah, the one behind like I feel the, like I remember the some buckets. saloon doors. At the, at the one in Rinkin Valley. <laughs> you had to go through. Totally. <laughs> yeah, the saloon doors. And that's, a good and, that's what, and that's what I loved about this movie, too, is just that everyday suburban pervert that everybody is. Mama likes to get her feet licked by the dog. You know, you know even what? the dentist, yeah, even the dentist having that moment of, you're hurting, you're trying to hurt me on purpose. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's a freak, too. Also, yeah, just the fun, like, you know what I really liked about these daytime ladies? I like the idea of getting, going over to your friend's house to watch daytime TV with, like, a, a beer and a half sandwich. Something about these suburban Baltimore old ladies with their, like, glass of beer. Yeah. And just a little afternoon sandwich. Like, God, that sounds nice. Going to the, the, the flea market. Mm-hmm. Buying like a Fabergé egg at a flea market somehow. Your Frank, you got your Franklin, Franklin mints on the shelf. <laughs> your friends coming over to watch like daytime TV with a sandwich. Mm-hmm. You're going, yeah. It sounds. You're renting a video. Oh, the way that woman gets her feet disgustingly licked <laughs> by her dog as part of what's what we briefly establish is their thing. This was no first time she Get had gotten that Get them all wet, she says. Get them all wet. So funny. John Waters is... I mentioned Cronenberg earlier. It's the same way Cronenberg puts buttholes in everything in the in the MPA. It's just like, God damn it. <laughs> no. <laughs> this, Technically, it's not wrong. This, this guy is doing it again. It's like John Waters just putting all just like new terms and new just gross behavior. It's like, there's nothing technically wrong, I guess, with a woman getting her toes licked by a dog, but like... It's not some. It's something that sure Gross. felt wrong for every frame of it happening. <laughs> <laughs> the right, and he's great? making like a whole board just have to sit there, just like finding, trying to find something wrong with this. Do you have anything on the books about dog licking? No. Okay. Shit. Add it. That's the great thing. The guy can work within these all different rating systems and yeah. still find ways to do because that was. But at the same time, this woman is just. Full body singing along to Little Orphan Annie's Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The way this woman badly sings along with full, <laughs> like, triumph to this song. I I would love to get the figures. I would, I would love to be, like, a Hollywood accountant. Because I want to know how much John Waters had to pay to oh, use yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow. That's John Waters' work with a budget. Now he's like, now I gotta do everything that I, like, I I'm we never gonna have on this on the internet. But yeah, I'm, and, and to use it during like a gross murder scene. Yeah, that's the thing with to the get blood it approved in the TV and stuff. I want to know if they had to pay more because it was happening during a murder because those things all change the price, right? I also I really like the gross effects in this too during the murders. Like he, they they even mention at one point that it's the blood's not red like it is in the movies. This is like really pulpy, dark gross blood there's one point where she's got like a liver on a spear and it's a very blood feast liver yeah, too like uh, totally it looks exactly like that kind of it's literally probably just a piece of liver from so, the yeah. deli oh her just can't not being able to get <laughs> it off the it pork off or the flicking thing. it off in her all white keds tennis shoes these movies so we we did a, a great blood feast 2000 maniacs episode definitely uh that's one of my favorites yeah 
And I loved that double feature. And that does kind of, it gave, it gave me like a kinship with this movie too, being like, I, I know this reference. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a part of this. Yeah. But those movies, so as the years have gone by, I've liked less and less all the all the things that mystery science theater has wreaked mm-hmm. on us, all the influences. And the idea that a movie like Blood Feast, like, sure, I guess you can laugh at it, right? But there's some stuff in Blood Feast that I found unsettling. To take it further, 2000 Maniacs genuinely bothered me. Right. That that was that's one of the more effective horror movies I've seen in, you know, the last decade. I was bothered by that movie. I still think about that movie like it is it is a horror movie and it is cheap, but I always think cheapness makes it better. It's scarier, mm-hmm. it's realer. It's like yeah. it's more it's more people doing this themselves, which feels more inherently dangerous. And which so, is exactly what works for for pink flamingos in those early movies, right? Yes, you can yeah. tell this is these people doing these things. There is no cut in that dog shit scene. <laughs> they don't cut to a different shot. It is unbroken, uh, right? <laughs> they don't use no CGI to make that asshole yeah. sing. <laughs> and, That's and, and they're not life. doing it for the fame and the fortune. They're doing it for the love. Well, the, the, the great thing is that they wanted the fame and fortune, but sure. they couldn't do that without loving doing this this is the joy inherent you know right right in these characters is so so much fun i bet mink stole had a blast playing the dotty hinkle prude character because she's great stole is always the villain mm-hmm. in like <laughs> every other one of what is she is full victim here the thing the bad things she do does are just just makes her a mildly unpleasant person she is an innocent she's always she's bad. pretty innocent she made one mistake in a parking lot mm-hmm Jerk move. Yeah. I've never cut somebody off in a parking lot no. like that. So. But she didn't even see it. It's like she didn't even know Kathleen Turner was trying to get right. there was spot. She wasn't getting a dig in. She didn't yeah. look back. She was just in a hurry. Also, the fashion on Mink stole. Whoever oh, ca- yeah. Whoever make me... I love how she looks in pink flamingos with her bright self-dyed hair and fur coat, you know? Looks mm-hmm. incredible. She dies awful deaths in every John Waters movie. Everyone in desperate living, she gets like a gun shot up her ass. Oh, <laughs> so she, you know, uh-huh. like this is like John Waters finding the gross ways to kill his like best friends. It's so innocent. It's so it's so being fifteen years old and filming yeah, movies exactly. And <laughs> but now he's getting to do that with like a fifteen million dollar budget. Right? He's like, well, yeah, you know, he came to her. He's like, all right, make. This is gonna be a good one. We're we're doing it for Universal, and you're gonna say cocksucker a bunch, a ton, a ton. Oh, the different you're gonna love it. Grieved ways that that she has to swear, and you know she has to be having the time of her life in all these scenes where Probably she's doing it. it up. But yeah. It is just so just funny. She is so funny. All these all the women are are really good in this. Yeah, she gets a lot of good good faces in here for for Beverly's victims and her Beverly and her collection of like serial killer memorabilia all oh, these yeah. reveals of beverly the more people she murders and the more like in the more it gives her like a like like lust she uh-huh. has a lust for killing oh how about that kathleen turner sam waterston sex I, was gonna scene, say, huh? I, I did not expect the full comedic like wayans brothers-esque <laughs> like sex scene in this movie <laughs> they're on like a trampoline at the end of that thing uh, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I and hot. I had heard Waterston. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they were having a 
God, man, they were really doing it. The, be, looks, the looks that Kathleen Turner is throwing people is like pretty pretty hot in this movie, actually. Oh, I think she's smoking. Yeah. <laughs> I think she, she's never. It's also funny watching her play a suburban housewife. She was like, she's like three or four years younger than me. Right. <laughs> no. Oh, remember she was like forty. In the this teacher movie. that she kills at the beginning, they're like he was thirty-eight years old. <laughs> He's like, dude, looks fifty-five. Unbelievable. Is that what happens in Maryland, man? People age in diff- differently in different parts of the country, right? But, oh man, no, I thought she she was smoking. She, yeah. her, every look she gave this movie was for her. That's the, I think that's the only reason I thought of Jennifer Tilly. Just because I wanted to see uh-huh. Jennifer Tilly making all of these faces during totally. a 90-minute movie. It would be my favorite thing. And you get all the great... She does all the great cool woman stuff. She like runs in heels. Mm-hmm. She, she picks out different fun ways to murder people. She clubs a woman with a leg of lamb. That's great. Wow. I yeah. wonder if he priced out the song Meet is Murder. It was just like, nope, Morris, Morris, he <laughs> we ain't doing it. put it all on uh, the song come out tomorrow, yeah. Oh, he must have spent so much on Annie. I love it. How many murder scenes have there been to, to Little Orphan Annie? Let probably alone probably meet, more than we think. Meat clubbings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, no, now you can't go two movies without getting it. But back yeah. then, 94. But, <laughs> yeah, when she, like, runs over that old, old man teacher, that old man she really gets them good. She's not just accidentally killing people. She is mm-hmm. gleefully going out of her way to pr- murder more people in the brightest sunlight you've ever seen. The murder in the in the flea market. That's gross. Poker stabbed through the back. Though that gives us all that of our... like it hurt. That, the flea market scenes give us all our great Tracy Lords stuff. <sighs> yeah, that was nice. God, that was I nice love, to see her. I love She's seeing... Great. I love how much John Waters put Tracy Lords on. Yeah. I love her role. I love her getting to do comedy. Of course she's a bombshell. Of course. She's mm-hmm. Tracy Lords. But her uh, her making eyes at the cop over like her boyfriend's <laughs> dead body. <laughs> I love that cop. Those those two cops are great too. But yeah, Tracy Lords just giving the pouty her do, looks. Her doing like and then funny. Be, and the way she was like, so the old lady's been like talking about first, uh, what's it? The Franklin Mints. The Mint. Franklin Mints. And then when Tracy Lords comes up, she's like, ooh. The Franklin Mints. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Every time they Everyone showed Tracy Lord, she got to do something funny. She was like making funny faces, and it's like, oh, this is the best. Yeah. But then when they had her cruise the cop, just kind of do it's like Kathleen Turner's doing like a fake parody of Kathleen Turner. Waterston's doing a parody of his like dull, stodgy kind of guy. Everybody seems to be doing a parody of and yeah. then they got Tracy, Tracy Lords out here doing her fake. Like her own Jessica Rabbit at a flea market next to Don Knotts artwork. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the coolest. And the Pee Wee Herman doll and all this shit that he throws in there is just so Oh yeah. Just like before, wanted... before the idea of like Easter eggs in a movie was a thing, right? He's just like throwing in Pee Wee Herman dolls and the having the guy be like, He's a freak. He's a yeah. weirdo. My cousin Mikey had that doll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like a popular doll, right? I wonder if Waters probably put that in there for Pee Wee Solidarity. I kept that, waiting that would have for been Paul right Rubens the... to show up. Like I kept wait, I, I wanted him to be the guy that bought it. God, Rubens would have been perfect in John Waters movie. Yeah. I don't think that happened. I don't know how it couldn't have happened. Maybe that's why he put the doll in there. He's like, 
Rubens won't work with me, but I'll it's, put his. It's got to be solidarity. That was right when Pee Wee was going through the troubles. I would think so. Oh yeah, got, yeah, that's a good call. It's got to be him shouting it out. You know he supports supports yeah. that. But no, this was all. I I agree with you. I, I I love this movie, and I loved it when I you know found it in the video store in the '90s, but probably hadn't seen it in quite some time. Mm-hmm. I also forget how like quickly everybody knows that it is her like the movie is not about the mystery of her getting away with these murders the cops are on her case 25 minutes into this movie absolutely half this movie is courtroom drama I, when I, she becomes the media sensation serial mom i did not know that it was going in that direction yeah i love that it turned into a whole wider uh critique and satire of yeah, yeah oh the i was tabloid journalism idea i was saying earlier how this like directly preceded all of like mm-hmm. what is so normal now like there's a, a point when matthew lillard's saying like you're gonna be on a current affair and i'm like god a current affair was the biggest thing we had like that mm-hmm. like i knew that was shitty trash tv but current affair was one of those things that aired at like 5 30 oh, on yeah. a saturday or a that. sunday yeah. right it wasn't this big i remember that stuff yeah but then the that this movie was made bef- right before oj oj as a child, is a thing that, like, nobody will understand that was born, like, in the 90s or later. They don't will not understand how omnipresent O.J. Simpson was <laughs> to, to me as a 13-year-old. It was a full year of your life where you just came home from school and watched court drama for, like, three hours. Like, I just remember every day coming home from school and that trial was on TV. And you just watched it. I would be surprised if, if there was like somebody in the... I'm going to find like a coworker in their 20s this week and casually bring up the juice. <laughs> like I would be surprised... Make if, sure it's casual. Don't just Yeah, be I like, don't hey. want to just... I, I, <laughs> Drop it on. I, I can't bring it up first thing. I got to work... Find a way to work the to bring juice, some juice into to, a conversation. To the office. Yeah, I got to wait for somebody to be pouring some juice. <laughs> I got it in. I got to keep it in. Yeah, I got to keep it in mind. And uh, wait, could you wait uh, to pour that juice until the younger uh, coworker gets here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so can't do it to like a guy older than me. No, <laughs> but if somebody in their twenties now didn't even know who O.J. Simpson was for even the murders, I would understand it. Like I'm yeah. sure it's been long enough. It's been so long, right? Totally. And but the idea that I was that we that O.J. Simpson was the most famous person in the world for murder. For like a year of our life. And it's all we talked about. The day of the Bronco chase. Mm-hmm. My parents left me at at baseball practice. They just didn't get me. <laughs> they were just glued. Literally was, glued to the I TV. I was five miles away from home. <laughs> baseball practice ended at like five. And I'm, I'm the fucking dumb kid sitting on the curb at like 730. Oh, finally man. facing the fact that like. Guess I'm walking home in cleats, <laughs> five miles in the dark. My dad comes screaming up to the curb some blocks away you know, after I'm walking home. And he's like, you won't believe what we've been watching. Oh, my God. My parents were... <laughs> no, sorry I'm late or no, anything. <laughs> it was immediately like, we got to catch you up. Get Shit in, has happened. <laughs> we're watching a Bronco The change. world changed while you were at practice, Eric. Yeah, right. It was huge. I was still like, incred- it didn't, even them explaining it to me in the moment, it still was not dawning on me how how much this thing was going to take over our lives for the next several months, right? 
But yeah, he was like breathlessly explained. I've never seen him excited about anything as more than my parents were excited about this Bronco chase. That's so great. America devoured this O.J. Simpsons thing. We were getting hit with Monica Lewinsky. We were getting hit with all this stuff. Oh, it was a busy stuff, time right? for this, that tabloid This stuff, was blowing right? it up, right? Yeah. This was all we heard about. We listened to the O.J. verdict in biology class. Mm-hmm. We, like, stopped class to turn on the radio. I like remember it was... we had, like, our principal, like, would came in and basically was like, you're not guilty. Got to go to the next class. <laughs> so, we're sitting there in Mr. Moore's class, right? And everybody's, like, facing the radio. Like, geez, I'm picturing my parents listening to, like, the day John yeah. Kennedy died. Just, like... Yeah, you get your ear. Kid, one kid crying in the back at like the death of a president. We're all just like, Mr. Moore's just like stopped leaning on his podium up there, facing the radio. A pipe. And what I remember is like when he was not guilty, like we all cheered. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't. I bet a kid ten not, bucks he was gonna be guilty. I'm not sure what I don't remember. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what rooting interest we all had in OJ's innocence. OJ. I don't know OJ. if it was just this. Kids recognizing that just like, I don't know, the first time you're cheered for like a bad dude. You like want to just automatically root against authority, right? I'd spend enough afternoons or weekends in detention. I remember even, yeah, just being like, yeah, I think he's guilty, but man, these cops sound like assholes. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't like the the prosecution or the the state. He didn't care for them. Yeah, you were just like. Spontaneous, (laughs) unanimous applause. From like a bunch of 13-year-olds about the innocence of O.J. Simpson. That's when your teacher was like, I fear for this country. Just no. all of us, yeah. Just like at 11 a.m. on a weekday, just like, he killed his wife and got away with it. <laughs> he did it. I'll just never forget. Look what we can principal. do, yeah. people. We made it. Yeah, nobody will know. Running nobody will understand. Nobody will understand. And I'm, how cool would it have been if it was all just a suburban mom that no one knew of before? Like, yeah, <laughs> serial mom. Yeah, I guess, you know, the fact that it was the juice, like, I'm wondering if, like, what level of, cele- it's such a random level of celebrity Yeah, to be a guy that gets, like, so famous for this, right? So I'm wondering if it had its limits. I'm wondering how, like, lesser you can get. Because already, uh, a guy who was, like, a famous California athlete, that's already kind of weird. Like, Steve Garvey's running for office, finally. Mm-hmm. If Steve oh, Garvey yeah, yeah. killed a woman, that's probably be would probably be big. But, like, how low are you be like... The dude... There was, like, a guy on the shield who's serving life for killing his mm. wife. The the cop Julian from the oh, shield. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michael Jace, shield fans out there. That guy killed his wife, like, oh, several man. years ago. He's been in jail. He's got, like, a 20-year sentence. Nobody knows Michael Jace is in prison. That guy was on the shield. <laughs> Simpson didn't do the shield. He was a hero, though, to many. <laughs> we loved OJ. America loved... I, get, I knew, I knew Naked Gun. He was Gun. in commercials. Like, he was, he in, was like, like Gronk. Day. He was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Gronk, like, kills a cup, kills a chick. Imagine. We've had Gronk football players on the kill run a woman for double now. murder. Yeah. You'd watch that trial. Yeah. I, uh, you, you just can't capture that anymore. It's, in cra- it's crazy how much it took over. You I don't know. even know if I saw <laughs> as much about 9-11 on TV as I did the O.J. Simpson trial. O.J. felt longer. It's true. I'd have to look it at the... It felt like the, a full year of our life, at least, right? Every magazine, every newspaper day, everything. Yeah. 
That and polyclass. I don't think the oh, world yeah. was getting polyclass. I think that was our own special brand us. of horror, right? Well, we that got... one I was so well not to get into that, but yeah, it's uh... no. I got like twenty minutes on polyclass <laughs> <laughs> actually that I'd like to dip into. We just yeah, that one felt like a year, and it was only like a few months between like her disappearance and then them finding her. But I remember that being years. Jay Leno. That was a traumatic time. Had dancing Judge Edos. <laughs> and America true. was like, this is what we like now. <laughs> this is our thing. We love this more than anything. <laughs> it sucked. It was crazy. <laughs> You'd never convince anybody how much of our lives were dominated by O.J. Oh. Simpson. We knew these... I still remember all of their fucking names. I don't remember anybody I went to school with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't remember rem- the name of the principal who told us he's not guilty. I have shared very special memories with tons of people that I don't remember. And I know Marsha Clark. <laughs> I know all these people. I know I know Robert Kardashian. Not just because of his large-ass kids. Yeah. Like, I knew all of them, but I knew them for years. I still look for Cato Kalin's name in the credits of movies. I swear, <laughs> man, I swear I saw his name listed as one of the stuntmen in Polly Shore's movie In the Army Now. Me and my sister lost our minds. <laughs> and then I've looked was. it up, and he's not credited in that movie. And it's mm. like, was I, was I just wanting to see Cato Kalin in a movie? Who is this bum who's just living in somebody's cabana? Who then, what bad luck. But he's letting you stay in your cabana, and then he murders a couple people. Oh. People parlaying their their deadbeat lifestyles into fame through the OJ trial is just, that's the American dream. Right. And that's what Serial Bob is doing right here, right? It absolutely here, right? is. Yeah. It's, a, it is, it's so surprising that it came before that because it is it hits all the, the buttons. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, the idea that these famous murders, like our parents... Our parents got famous murder trials. Mm-hmm. I'm sure living through Patty Hearst, getting Patty Hearst to be in the movie is incredible. I saw that. I was like, is that the Patty Hearst or is that just a coincidence? And you're telling me that is the I, I, kidnapped, brainwashed, bank robber. Yeah, man. That's uh, the uh, Hearst the Symbionese Liberation Army's own uh, Patty Hearst, right? I think I, I love it for her. I love that she, you know, like, how awful must that be to be famous for being the kidnapped, brainwashed, bank robbing murderer? You might as well have some fun with it. It's tough to come back from that, yeah. right? Yeah, that's but you got to do it with a good attitude. Heiress to the Hearst fortune, like matter of like Citizen Kane's granddaughter, She's kidnapped and like forced to like murder. That's crazy. That's a fake story. That's insane. Yeah, right. But that has to be, you know, serious. For him to make this starring, I imagine the Patty Hearst trial was like the most famous murder trial. It's probably that, Manson, or Lindbergh. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Lindbergh was probably pretty huge. Going back to Lindbergh, yeah. Yeah, that's like the crime of the century, really. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Lindbergh was like the OJ of of its day, right? That had to be huge. It was, yeah. So those feel like the big, the Mount Rushmore. Right, so the fact that John Waters somehow made the Nuremberg <laughs> trial might be in there. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know why we want to classify these things, right? I, uh, <laughs> but those all feel big, like Patty Hearst. That that had to have been a a madhouse. Yeah. What I didn't know about John Waters before this, he was a guy. He was one of those perverts 
those sickos. You'd be shocked to know that John Waters is a pervert. Mm. He was like a murder trial attendee. Oh. Like he was one of those, those types. Like he went to the Patty Hearst trials. Just to be there. He, he was watch He it. was like a fan of these kind yeah. of things, right? Before before there was a fandom <laughs> for those type of things. That's, you know, that's what he said that, you know, his whole satire on like fame and how like fame is just awful and how you could be famous for murder, right? Like he hates that he had to like got too famous to go to murder trials. Like once he reached the point of fame where he's getting recognized at murder trials, it's right. just like the dark side of fame. It's distracting. No, I can <laughs> I can no longer attend watch. Ladies and gentlemen of the is that John Waters? <laughs> <laughs> no. There's a story. He's begging to get on a jury. There's a story when Willem Dafoe was in one of these one some movie where Willem Dafoe plays a Psycho killer. Uh-huh. <laughs> one of those. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like body of evidence. One of those, right? Where he like went to do uh you know, just observe like murder trial thing, and the judge like called him like called attention to him. <laughs> like start saying like stop the trial for Willem Defoe from Platoon. <laughs> it's like in the building. He said oh. it's like a nightmare for him, right? The worst thing that happened He's to just him. Like, no, no, no. Just there in like a hoodie, just like watching some mur- some random murder in an L.A. courthouse. Is it is it where the judge is just like, hey, or is like, it like, get out of here, Willem Dafoe? No, yeah, it's just this whole thing like, no, I, this is a weird thing for me, but here's Willem Dafoe. Like, imagine, <laughs> just, imagine looking like a guy who's just showing up to just some stranger's like murder trial. Uh, like, you're already looking. And like, then like the, convi- the, the, the guy on trial is like looking at you like what the fuck man you're yeah interrupting my trial here <laughs> yeah imagine being the guy on trial and just like what the fuck willem defoe <laughs> hey man you're not helping right now yeah. Will. <laughs> this yeah. is not helping my yeah. case i need these people focused so yeah on just, my innocence so yeah i love the idea of like suzanne Summers showing up thinking to... of this ad- yeah they're like yeah that killer willem defoe was at the trial <laughs> you know klaus kinski has trouble going out and buying like knives can't just <laughs> check Levin seeing Klaus Kinski buying an axe from a hardware store. Klaus Kinski buys an axe. Heads are turning. Yeah. People are people are already like, it's happening. You run. Don't walk. Willem Dafoe looking like he's like in there like with a notepad taking notes from a murder trial. It's like, he's finding. He's finding ways. Mm-hmm. He's figuring out what these people did wrong. He's going. So, yeah. Of course, getting somebody like Suzanne Summers. Like how much... Oh, oh yeah, I was wondering how Suzanne Summers was going to show up because yeah, she's as herself in the credits. I think in the beginning, yeah. right? And it's like, when is Suzanne Summers going to show up here? And then, of course, yeah, she's going to play serial mom in the movie. How hot was Suzanne Summers <laughs> right. in 1994? There's a reason Suzanne Summers Holy got shit. TV projects from <laughs> on like a 15 year period, from yeah. Chrissy Snow to, to to she's the sheriff. <laughs> America wanted to look at Suzanne. I, think I saw Summers. every episode of Step by Step. Now I'm figuring it out. Oh yeah, I couldn't have cared less who Patrick Duffy was. Yeah, you're telling me I can look at Suzanne Summers and Stacy Keenan, Stacy Keach? No, no. Stacy Keenan's the girl. <laughs> Stacy Keach is the gristled man. Stacy Keach is why I watch Titus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you watch Fat City for Keach. You watch My Two Dads and Step by Step for yeah. Keenan. Oh yeah, America. Was in love with Suzanne Summers. If you found out she also attended murder trials just for fun, you'd be just like, Suzanne Summers might be the coolest lady out there. I love her. 
She's she's kind of like she's like if Vanna White was a bimbo. <laughs> <laughs> like my grandpa, you know, she could be. You know, no. <laughs> my grandpa loved Vanna White, so we always watched The Wheel on weeknights, right? Uh-huh. But I love, but I, also, I like that Suzanne Summers was more of like the bimbo alternate. You, <laughs> sure. Vanna, Vanna White got different opportunities than the steady hostess gig. I love it. I love, yeah, how we're getting juxtaposed with the real life. I love having Patty Hearst on the juror, making Patty Hearst a focal point of this movie. That's fun. She gets to act. You know, she parlayed her fame into something else, right? And she's kind of good. She's really funny. She has one of the funniest lines in the movie. The whole stuff about the whole stuff about Patty Hearst wearing her like white shoes after Labor Day. Oh, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. She's the one with the white shoes. That's and I think that's much more of a like a New England thing, you know. After Memorial Day, before Labor Day, like that's the season for white shoes, right? And Kathleen Turner being so distracted during her own murder trial by this woman wearing these white shoes, mm-hmm. the handwritten note Kathleen Turner pushes her lawyer, like after in after Labor Day, like underlined multiple times. But in this really nice you knew, script. You knew that juror was dead. As mm-hmm. soon as she pissed her off with the white shoes, you're like, it's not going to end well for juror number eight. Yeah. You go, you wear a turban to a Don Rickles show. <laughs> you're going to get targeted. You're wearing your white <laughs> shoes. Like, it's a bad night to wear it, right? You crossed the wrong you, cereal You mom. picked the wrong time. You, <laughs> you should sit in the back where he can't see you. She's a big rule follower here. You wear the white shoes to a November trial. Yeah. Around Beverly Sutlin. Uh, Sutlin? I love the runny bits of her, like, always giving the kid shit about not wearing a seatbelt. I love the bits about her getting mad because she thinks of the baby chickens when they're eating the chicken and stuff. Just the the reasons that she has to go after these people. Yes. Get pettier Get and pettier. Get set off by pettier <laughs> and pettier reasons. And her getting just overcome with rage at these white... Just the looks on her face. Yeah. Her acting is not really that different from, like, Hitchcock-level acting. She's doing these kind of 60 horror movie, Joan Crawford, Betty Davis Absolutely. kind of acting perfectly. But it's got such a different vibe coming from Kathleen Turner. I drop this a lot. But this is the kind of movie, like, if Marissa Tomei can deservedly win mm. an Oscar for My Cousin Vinny, how are you not? How This should be the kind of performance that every film critic... Every fan of like movies sees something like this and just has some kind of kinship and love for. Like this is the kind of role that you like are happy. Yeah. The right actress got this part and got to do this perfect role, right? Like this should be celebrated. And she is such a uh she is the movie. It's like any time for me at least where it wasn't about her, I was like, eh, you know, like they had this kind of the subplot of Ricky Lake being boy crazy. It's like, I don't need that. You know what? <laughs> I'm good without that. I love Ricky Lake being boy crazy. Like, I get love... back to the serial mom, though. I love like, the, her kind of like, she's super cute, and she's like just vapid about uh, wanting a boyfriend. Yeah. And also like still more so important than her mom murdering people. So her whining that she'll never get a boyfriend because her yeah. mom's a murderer. Like, I love that still like 15-year-old, like your, your own universe's center still. Yeah. They so, had that kind of subplot, and they had the Matthew Lillard, like, getting an agent subplot. Right. Like, he's going to get famous, but they never really do anything with that. Well, so. he's, selling, he's selling his mom's, uh, you know, 
movie rights. rights and everything. Yeah, he's selling he's, the rights. He's now taken over his mom's burgeoning career. That's how they get Suzanne Summers to show up. Ricky Lake posing for the tabloid photographers is one of my favorite. <laughs> her like doing all her hot girl poses. Also, I like Ricky. This is like the this had to be right before she got her big show. Were you a big Ricky so. Lake show fan? Uh, it was one of my favorites on the daytime TV. No. I would love to have a half sandwich and glass of beer mm-hmm. and watch some like mid nineties Ricky Lake episodes. I feel like I really only know her from John Waters movies, like he this really... Crybaby and, and uh, Hairspray, right? Yeah, I mean Hair- yeah, Hairspray was one of those classic like yeah. total no, no non acting girl shows up to I don't an know audition if I could tell, and just like tell you anything else she was in or like yeah. Don't think I, I never really watched those shows like the Ricky Lake and the, the Donahue stuff. I had I had um, OJ trials to watch uh, instead. See, it, you were young for Donahue, I guess. Yeah, like yeah. that, this makes sense. There is like a few year gap, but I love that you still at least got the the huge. You said you bet a man ten, a bet another boy ten dollars. I bet another student ten dollars that he was going to be guilty, and I paid him you quarters. Picked, you picked guilt for the juice. You thought I, he was. I still thought he was like, going to be guilty. Yeah, I thought they were going to find him guilty. Didn't the the gloves that didn't uh, <laughs> you didn't see that as throwing a big wrench in the. I think if you want to kill someone, buy gloves too small for you and do it uncomfortably. You were going. You're going to get away with it. You were going with OJ as cold, calculated, super smart, intelligent <laughs> killer. That's why he's a, not just like a dumb football player yeah. who's who's like the weak part of all the Naked Gun movies, getting mad and killing his wife and her boyfriend. You know, obviously, uh, yeah. I, I, I thought he was going to be guilty. Yeah, I was surprised. Ten bucks. Ten bucks is in seventh grade for like. It was a it was a lot of money, yeah, and yeah, I rolled up a bunch of quarters and said, "Here, asshole." <laughs> I hope you choke on it. <laughs> Guys, profiting off OJ's innocence, he got away with it. It's yes. like the best ten Judging. ten bucks is real money for like a kid in seventh grade. Man, yep, we weren't old enough to make I, job and I never money. did that. Like that was not a thing I ever did. Bet people. For things like that, that <laughs> it was great. I was so goddamn certain. <laughs> Think of all the things our worlds did change because of that OJ trial. Now you were betting with children at school. Exactly. Like we were talking about the open details of like the OJ's li- like Ron Goldman's lives. I learned so much about the Goldmans. Yeah, jeez, gotta feel bad for them. <laughs> yeah, it's That's terrible. Tough. It's awful, right? It would be the worst. <laughs> Joe Mars needs to put the Goldmans in a in a movie, capturing the Goldmans. But yeah, it it is fun. This movie is so funny and able to not make you care about the victims or any of that stuff. And uh, yeah, it keeps the comedy tone. The comedy is so, so good many times when guys are doing a satire or guys are something. It's easy to forget the joke. Mm-hmm. It's easy to like kind of gets kind of start off as a satire and then halfway through they kind of just get mad at the joke. So it's just like, oh, it's like spite satire. Right. His is his like satire works perfectly because it's for the love of the game. It's for the love of these like he's getting to do all these things. He's getting to have like a riot at a church. Uh huh. You know, it's like all the stuff that John. The Waters whole church hates, scene right? where everyone where she's like being named as a suspect, and then everyone at church is like trying to avoid her. And as soon as yeah, as soon as like a a loud noise goes off, it's like a bomb goes off in the church. That's yeah. great. Uh, the, the scene that made me laugh so much that like that was in the courtroom scene where Miss Atherton has to admit she doesn't recycle, <laughs> and you could hear the guy in the back like a Tim Robinson sketch just go "fuck you, Miss Atherton." <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that in the theater? Yeah, 
there's a guy going, what the fuck? And then a guy yelling, fuck you. <laughs> this old yeah, lady. The shocked reaction. The way she gets them all to say different things on the stand is so funny. I was so surprised that they went to the courtroom drama stuff for like, I forgot it took up so much of the it's movie. Like the whole last third of the movie. Yeah. yeah the whole last act. I, I totally forgot that. And how how much they kept milking it for those kind of laughs. And it was good, yeah. Like, I was kind of almost worried when they got to the courtroom. I was like, uh-oh, we're going yeah, to stall here. Oh, this is death. But no, it was the funniest bits. Especially when they always already used the, the stunt casting of L7. Yeah. <laughs> How great is L7 showing up in a, in a movie? Playing a concert at like 1 p.m. on a Thursday. That's thanks great. to the yeah handy handy time stamps every every scene of this movie. Uh, and then and the the way the crowd there is just like it's Serial Mom. Like she's yeah this cult hero. Yeah, all at of a the sudden. cool Hammerjacks she, club. She kills annoying people essentially. She burns that kid. She burns a kid alive. That one was a little rough. That is her. That is her craziest murder. Yeah, for sure. That is violent. Yeah, but that kid's. The others were all stabbings and clubbings. Did yeah. you also notice that she was really clubbing that woman with the lamb shank in time to Annie? Oh yeah, she was hitting the beats perfectly. But yeah, her burning that kid and uh, L seven camel lips. How vile! <laughs> how so juvenile? How juvenile, John Just... Waters? <laughs> Come on. And you know, it is probably started in that fun way where he just like saw a picture of like Elizabeth Taylor wearing tight pants. <laughs> now he's just like, I'm going to make a whole band of women doing it. And we're going to call it what it is. But exactly. L7 are so perfect for John Water. I don't think they're I don't think they're a Baltimore band. But they were that band that once I found out their existence, like these women scared me. Like they were, they look like tough women. Mm-hmm. Like. You look at 99% of each of these women in L7's multiverse, and all the others are like Reno cocktail waitresses. And Except this one, they're like a cool-ass band. Right. And also, I love the, the lead singer's name is Danita, which is the, per- that's the perfect white trash name. <laughs> I'll tell you this. My Uncle Mark's first wife was Danita. Oh, they lived boy. in They lived in Journey's End Trailer Park. Uh-huh. <laughs> she was like the classic trailer smoking, like... Like a woman who you could tell was attractive at one point, but now she was like smoke chain smoking trailer park Danita, and it's like that's all the other Danitas. I think you have to the be one in L seven, right? Yeah, it's like you have to be like you could have been or were beautiful, and now you're like haggard. Yeah, like, that's a Danita. It's always that like when cocktail that waitress that Homer brings back from. Yeah, <laughs> it's always that look, and L seven have that look, except while making like kick ass music, yeah, <laughs> and lighting a teenager on fire. Dad, back cool. It's Hammerjacks. <laughs> no, man, I love it. The fun, the line that kills me. <laughs> Fuck you, Atherton. So That's good. good. That's good. No, Mink stole. I, I rewound that and watched that a couple times. <laughs> all the court stuff. Mink stole coming in with her ugly ass half scar. She has all these awful outfits that are like Jerry Blank outfits. Yeah, they're so this is neon so, pink coats and stuff. That yeah, re- yeah, like real like western wear like she picked it up in new mexico like tasseled like awful cut just terrible vest stuff the best and so the way she just even walks into court oh dotty hinkle great names too water's a he's a great namer really great namer yeah the 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 idea that they kept calling her sufton is like her last name and they kept at, the, at least in the beginning they miss sufton miss it was like it kept sounding wrong it, it was such a weird like 
Beverly Sufton. Oh, Sufton. Yeah, I love it. And it just, it sounded like everyone was saying it just a little bit differently. It was so, it was weird to me It's great. All of his names sound like kind of fake names, but they don't sound like fake joke names. But they don't sound like, they don't sound like Mad Magazine names, you know? They sound, they just sound like odd, odd alternate names. So I love Beverly Sufton. But my line, it's when she beats Patty Hearst to death. In the phone booth at the courthouse, when Patty Hearst is celebrating serial mom's innocence, we did it. We got her off. <laughs> like when Kathleen Turner doesn't just like kill her for the shoes, she has to like basically make her admit that she's wrong. And the whole time, I would not have banked on the comedic chops of Patty Hearst. Yeah, when I'm making my largest budget movie ever, to have like one of the biggest lines at the very end of the movie. But when she's explaining her the rule about the white shoes after Labor Day, and Patty Hearst goes, no, fashion has changed. (laughs) (laughs) I I was in tears. It's just a perfect encapsulation of the whole thing, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it was after she like gets punched in the face where she's just like standing up for her white shoes. No, I'm right about fashion. (laughs) I lost it. Yeah. And so to trust her with such a big, funny joke, like, because Kathleen Turner is supposed to get the big joke when she's like, when she wants the cameras to hit her good side. Uh huh. When, jo- when Suzanne Summers is realizing that she's actually a psychopath. Suzanne with the great, like, eye roll up, head turned to Kathleen Turner. Yeah. So it's like to give Patty Hearst such a big line one minute before Kathleen Turner's big show ending line. I love it. Oh, I was in tears from then until the end of the movie. This is great. I was, and then we go right into Barry Manilow's Daybreak, which yeah. we'll have we'll have to get a cut. We'll have to pay the Manilow estate. We'll have to end this episode with either tomorrow or uh, yeah. <laughs> or Daybreak. Oh, I'm not going to mess with Annie. <laughs> no, don't don't. I'll get go the... for Manilow's camp before I try to mess with Annie. Yeah. Oh, my grandma loved Manilow. But <laughs> this is. Any movie, you're talking nostalgia, you're talking, it somehow manages to capture nostalgia for this era without ever attempting to capture nostalgia. Yeah. But like you said, it's, it captures that trashy kind of nostalgia, that courtroom drama garbage yeah. that we all yeah, it's watched crazy. at the time. It's crazy that this movie was the direct lead-in to this, the trash TV courtroom era. Mm-hmm. You know, even stuff like Springer didn't exist in in 94 totally like, this is really like this is when things did start to shift that oj trial that lewinsky trial changed it all it took us right into rape city wood woodstock 99 oh. <laughs> like everything was over by the end right 94 still seemed that like and it lo- just kept getting worse and worse yeah man that oj <laughs> trial that was like that was it that was it that pivoted everything 90s rover we were moving on from the super nintendo yep Things were done, right? <laughs> that was it. Oh, great. Now we have to get used to 3D graphics. Perfect. Uh-huh. We didn't, know, we didn't envision a future where every indie gaming company would just be making games that look like the Super Nintendo. Now it's too much. In 94, that was the sweet spot. OJ had to ruin everything. Yeah, we didn't know how good we had it. OJ had to ruin Bronco everything. slowly and... went down the freeway. And... Oh, 35 miles i don't i don't know who ac cowlings was then but i know that i remember his initials and his full name to this day right i don't know i don't know people i went to school with 20 years ago i don't remember my best friends i don't remember any of these people 
but I know Al Cowlings. <laughs> and John Waters somehow and, made this perfect satire that holds yep. up better 30 years later than it even did at the time. He had no idea what he was proceeding. That's art, man. That's, That's a true art, artist right? right there. That's John he Waters. Taps into a, he taps into something without even knowing no. it or, or maybe even trying not to tap into it. Nobody did Pink Flamingos before John Waters. Right. Nobody had done that. The people that he copied from, he was completely different from, right? They inspired something completely different when they made John Waters. He didn't make Russ Myers movies or Roger Corman movies. He now he made John Waters movies. Totally. And he somehow has managed to keep doing that in slightly different ways. He's going to get one of those honorary Oscars one of these days. Oh, he's got to. Now that they're giving him to, now that they gave one to Corman and like Jackie Chan. Yeah. Super deservedly so, obviously. Like, Lynch Waters got is going to get one. Lynch yeah. got one, sure. Yeah. This is really, yeah, this is kind of like right in that sweet spot between Lynch and Cronenberg. You know, this, obviously, this whole movie made me think of Blue Velvet, and it made me think of oh just that whole d- subversion of the the suburban, you know, lifestyle and all that stuff. Yeah. But doing it completely the John Waters way. Yeah. Very much. It's very campy. Yeah. It's, it's a relishing of the trash rather than, like, this evil's happening right under your noses in the daytime, right? Yeah. It's such a fun way to show evil. Oh, nothing but laughs. This is, I, I do think this is his best movie. I celebrate, like, all of his movies. Man, I even liked A Dirty Shame. <laughs> I'll watch Cecil, Cecil B. Demented is funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Melanie Griffin's another great fit within Waters' universe, right? But I don't think he did it better than Serial Mom. This this should hold up as a great American comedy. Mm-hmm. This deserve no movie deserves more than this to become like a big. <laughs> we all like this now, and we're all gonna pretend we always liked it. Yeah, for such a cult guy, it's kind of funny that this isn't more of a cult thing that you hear about now. Yeah, it's still not one of the movies that you know people reference. What it's like, yeah. this was his Until biggest now. movie. This was yeah. his biggest movie. Like this, this probably got him his biggest actual paycheck. And it's yeah, and it's it really is. It's great. It's just as funny now. It's just as funny to someone like me who hadn't seen it before, right? Like it's not uh, when I say that it gave me nostalgia, but I wasn't nostalgic for the movie, yeah, or anything like that. So I think it's so good. You you could go through this movie not knowing any of the references. You could go through this movie thinking like if my parents watched it, they would probably think that H. G. Lewis is just a fake guy right? made up for the movie. Yeah, you don't have to know that Blood Feast is a real movie. Yeah, none right. of it is necessary. You don't yeah. even know shows che- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nope, it's true. Like, don't even need to know any of the references. You should know Annie. You should know yeah. who that is. That's the great thing. My mom would probably <laughs> laugh her butt off at that scene. Right? right. This is a movie that everybody can watch. He somehow made it that accessible while filling it with constant references to not just real things but also American life, all satire. It's so layered, and all the layers work. It's a feat. This is it, man. This is John Waters' masterpiece. Yeah. And I celebrate the man. Right. If you haven't seen any of his stuff, this is this is where you'd start, I think. You know, like you said, I it's accessible, and then uh, you can get into some of the, the murkier waters afterwards. I think every I think everyone's a good place. I, you want to start with Pecker? Start with Pecker. Sure. I mean, I saw, I I saw Crybaby when I was nine Cry or Baby 10 years was, old. Yeah, Crybaby's a good one for I that, I just too. knew it was something different. It was... It's it's appropriate he did the Pee Wee Herman thing because it felt like that 
how Pee-wee's Playhouse was like, this man lives in our world, but this is mm-hmm. this is different than the Pee-wee's Playhouse is very much like that alternate crybaby universe Absolutely. kind of thing. Yeah, that's what Waters does too. And yeah. Waters does it just trashy Baltimore style. He makes me want to live in Baltimore. And I've watched Homicide Life on the streets. <laughs> I was say, I've watched The Wire. I've seen The Wire. <laughs> I've watched these, right? But the Baltimore he shows just, man, even with all the murders, looks like looks like quite a nice place to just grow up. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. You won't get murdered. Don't don't cut them off. You're good. Yeah. Oh, came to this. It did. Go celebrate with your own favorite John Waters movie. Get into what this man has given us. That Oscar will come. Oh, maybe yeah, it already absolutely. did. Maybe uh, maybe that, al- that already <laughs> seems like something that did happen. He deserves it. He's the best. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening, and good night. I'm singing to the world. It's time we let the spirit come in. Let it come on in. I'm singing to the world. Everybody's caught in the spirit. Look